Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Ushers, you can go ahead and receive the offering. And now I'd like to welcome our lead pastor, Pastor Joe Source. Did a great job, didn't he? Yes. Give it up for Brian. Okay, so Brian told you about the interest. We're calling it Interest Weekend, uh, the 26th of January. If you are interested, especially if you're interested um, to serve, you're welcome to come by and visit and see the place. But I'm warning you, if you come there, somebody's going to try to get you signed up to a team. Amen? Amen. Now, I'm talking specifically, or we're aiming this specifically at those of you that are not serving yet anywhere. If you are not serving yet anywhere, you need to jump on the team. For your sake, honestly, for your sake. Because you really don't know what it's like to be part of a church until you're really part of the volunteer team. That's when you really get to start knowing your brothers and sisters. That's when you really start getting to know uh, how God can use you and stepping out in faith and and, you know, some of you say, well, I don't know. I don't really have any talents. You'd be surprised what God will, will, will fill you with when you're willing to serve. So some of you might have gotten these cards over the weekend. Um, if you did not, and if you'd like to have one, these cards are our reach cards. It gives you the opportunity to pray over that card and to, and to come to, to the decision of where you'd like to serve, whether it's here in Brick, whether it's in Bayville, whether it's in Wall. And we'd like you to just um, consider filling that out. At the end of the month, that last weekend of the month, that weekend of the 25th and 27th, no, is that the last weekend? Yeah, it should be. It has to be. Uh, that weekend, we'll be collecting these cards. So um, um, does anybody need one of these now? Right over here? That's it. The only person that wants to serve is right over here. I'll shame you all. Let me see some hands. Who would like to have one of these cards? Because you know. Okay. Could you please pass the rip? Everybody else got one? Yes. Uh, Because you've been lying. The Holy Spirit will tell me. (laughs) Remember what happened at Ananias and Sapphira when they lied in church? Okay. Amen. Such a cheerful night. A cheerful topic, and I sense of fire. Amen. Amen. So we wanted to show that video again tonight. We realize that the majority of you probably saw it on the weekend, but there are probably some of you that were not here this weekend, and so we wanted you to see our great news. And please, those of you that are on Facebook, please keep sharing that. Uh, we have never had a situation where we've had so many people share our posts and our information as we had this past weekend. Uh, Over 100 individuals shared to their Facebook page, and obviously then others that saw that of yours would be sharing to others. And the buzz is all over Monmouth County and Ocean County, and it's just, uh, yeah, go ahead. Evan, did you get one of these cards over the weekend? Get up here, buddy. There you go. I'll talk to you after service because I got a special position for you. 
Hallelujah. I'll get you all one by one. No, because let me, let me just tell you this, okay? Um, I would never ask anybody to do something that I'm not willing to do. And from the, from the time that I first became a Christian, 35 years ago, I guess that first six months or a year, I kind of was sitting and growing because I needed the word so badly. Um, I needed a transfusion in my, in my soul. But after that... Um, I have served in every department in the church except for the music ministry at one point in time or another, uh, except, for, if, except for nursery. Nursery, I was like, I'm done. I, we, I, we changed four, four boys worth of diapers. It's like, I'll, I'll pass on that one. But I have served in almost every capacity other than that, uh, from the evangelism team to usher to greeter to anything you could possibly name, uh, was in charge of men's men's group at our church back then and youth minister at one point in time. And, and every one of those positions, I got to develop relationships and friendships. Some of them remain to this day. Some of the people that I served with back in that church are in this church here today. So when I say to you about serving, I'm talking from experience. Because you can go to a church for years, walk in, sit down, occupy a seat, absorb what you're being taught, but never become part of that family. Because you can't do that five minutes before the service and five minutes after the service. You really get to bond with individuals and you really get to form a network of believers in your life when you're working together serving the Lord. I just, you know, and the memories I can think of of times on the evangelism team, of going door to door to houses right here in this town and, and me and another person and me being such a, a novice and brand new, would just be shaking, like, what am I going to say when they open the door? You know, what am I going to say? And I had one lady chase me off the lawn with a rake, and uh, <laughs> people slam the door in your face. But, but you know, it, it really doesn't matter, because at some point, there's going to be one that's going to listen. And so we would, me and whoever I was with, would just, we would just develop this, this friendship, and because and, and you, you're bonding, you're sharing. Because when, when, when you get rejected, you share the rejection together. And when you have a victory that you get to, to really pray and, and, and welcome someone into the kingdom, you share that together. Children's church. My wife and I taught children's church for many years. Um, what a rewarding experience that is. But I'm just telling you, okay? When we say this, we say this for yoga. Because, you know, God's going to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. It's just, are you going to be one of those that are supplied? Or are you going to be one of those that's going to miss out? That, that part's up to you. Amen? Amen? We're talking about authority, as it is in, on earth, as it is in heaven. And last week, we talked about, I'll just let me review very quickly for those of you that might not have been here last Wednesday. In Luke chapter 11, we have the account of the disciples noticed that when Jesus prayed, he got answers. Okay. They had long been accustomed to seeing and hearing their religious leaders pray without much results. But they saw when he prayed, things changed. And so that created a hunger in them. And it tells us in Luke chapter 11 and verse 1, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, we, we know this now in our experience now, but I came out of a background that probably very similar to yours where I thought that was the prayer. When you're in trouble, you pray the Our Father. And then if you're in real trouble, pray it a few times. You know? I grew up in a church, you know, old Italian, real Italian Catholic church where there was always at least a half a dozen little ladies in the front dressed in black praying the rosary no matter what time of the day or night you went to that church. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay. But in, in our case, they were, they were bilingual. So they were in English and Italian. So, okay. And um, Jesus did not teach us to pray this prayer as a ritualistic. It's not a, not a ritual of prayer, but it was a pattern of prayer. Jesus taught them to pray. Now, I want you to listen to this part here. Jesus taught them to pray from the position of a child of God, not an outsider, but a family member. Now, I think that's going to be a very important part of whether we pray in authority or from a place of authority is how do we see ourselves in relationship to the Father? Do you see yourself as a servant, as a slave, as um, almost, in, almost in the sense of how some individuals um, from all different types of religions, and unfortunately even in Christianity, have this idea that uh, God is this angry God who is just waiting to, to take out his vengeance upon us, not understanding that God took all of that wrath and all that vengeance and poured it out on Jesus and so they think, they think that they have to earn God's love or earn God's even attention. And, and so, you know, we get into all kinds of ritualistic and almost bordering on superstitious um, activities. You know, uh, you're never going to pray from a position of authority if you don't see yourself as a child of God, if you don't see yourself as a son or daughter of God. Because being a member of a family gives us certain rights and privileges. Yes or no? Yes. You know, um, you know, if you were to walk in my house, and, and you'd be welcome to, um, you would not have, I don't think you would, you would not, because depending on the relationship that we have, you might not have the freedom to just walk in my kitchen, open up the refrigerator, and grab something. But my grandkids... My, our sons... They walk in, and before they even say hello, they're in the refrigerator. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Why? 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 Because they can. Because they have a right and a privilege that a stranger walking down the street does not have. And so, you see, you, you'll act on, on, in authority if you see yourself as a child of the Most High God. If you know that you know that you know that you've experienced that transformation in your spirit, where you've gone from darkness to light, when you're now not an orphan anymore, but you are a child of God, an adopted son of God, you pray differently. You pray with authority. You pray as a son, commissioned by the Father because of the love of the Father, okay? You see, there's a sense of belonging. There's a sense of empowerment. Are you listening? Yes. 
you know, that's how you know. And it's a really good gauge to, 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 for yourself to, to, to see. Will you only pray if you feel like you went 24 hours without messing up? Think about it. If, if you really messed up and did something stupid and then an occasion comes up and you need to pray, are you the type that subconsciously, maybe you'll get on the phone and go, um, there's a situation going on. Could you pray? You see what you're doing now? You're not seeing yourself as a son or a daughter. And, and I don't know about you, but I remember times in the past when I would have to wait 24 hours to think, okay, well, I'm, I'm good now. I didn't screw up in this past 24 hours. So, so he promised that he's going to forget all this stuff. But maybe 24 hours has given him enough time to forget about all these. <laughs> what I did two days ago. You see what I'm saying? But you see, if you can pray, even if you've really royally messed up. Now, I'm not saying that we should live that kind of a lifestyle. But you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. When, when, we, when we've messed up, unintentionally messed up, got tripped up in an area, and then something comes up and we need to pray. Do we draw back? Do we, do we shrink back? Do we subconsciously, uh, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm not worthy. And of course we're not worthy, but he's made, he makes us worthy. He treats us like we're worthy. You see, your authority is going to come based on how you see yourself in relationship to the Father. There's that sense of belonging. You know, Jesus prayed with confidence outside of Lazarus's tomb. Amen. Why? Because he didn't go there as an orphan. He went there because he's the son of God. John chapter 11, you know the story of Lazarus. In verse 41, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Amen. Now, we have no record of him saying anything up until this point of praying. But Jesus is walking in the confidence that he is the son of his father in heaven. So I said, Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. You notice he didn't pray for Lazarus to come back from the dead. He commanded Lazarus to come forth. And Jesus astounded the people that were gathered at the tomb because he prayed a simple prayer and raised the dead. And Lazarus was not raised because Jesus begged God to do this. Lazarus was raised because Jesus prayed with authority given to him by his Father in heaven. Now, in Matthew 28, Jesus said to the disciples, and pretty much we could say he's speaking to us because it comes down to us this day, all authority has been given unto me. You listen, you listen to what he said? He said, all authority has been given unto me. Now you go with the same authority that I'm giving you. That's basically what he said. Now you go. All authority has been given unto me. Now you go. So let me ask you this question. What do we have authority over? And I covered some of this. I covered some of this last week. 
1 John chapter 3, verse 8, and the last part of that, that scripture says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. That he might unravel, that he might paralyze, that he might neutralize the works of the devil, that he might neutralize the works of the devil. Do you realize how easy it is to neutralize the works of the devil? I don't know that we do. I don't know if we think we have to do some kind of fancy thing or work ourselves up or get ourselves into kind of a frenzy. You know, I, I know people from many years ago that they, 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 their, their idea of God's presence being in the room is if they had goosebumps. But what if you were like sitting up here tonight where it's freezing and, and you got goosebumps? Doesn't necessarily mean. See what I'm saying? We, 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 should, we should train ourselves. And really, it's a matter of training our souls. Our souls is what's in touch of, of this realm here in the natural. Our spirit man on the inside is in touch with the realm of the spirit where God is, where angels are, where demons inhabit, okay? But we can train our souls. Now, let me ask you this question. Again, this might be a little sideline, but let's hit it over here while we're on this subject. Did Jesus not say, I'm with you always? Did God say, even in the Old Testament, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you? Yes. yes. Well, how did, how did Jesus fulfill that if he left the earth? The Holy Spirit is here. So in that sense, he fulfilled that promise. So if he said, I'm with you always, then why do we pray? And I'm, I'm not picking on anybody, but why do we pray prayers sometimes like this? Oh, Lord, we just pray that you'd be with us now. Well, where's he going to be? And I've heard some of the most spiritual people, just people who really love God, pray those kind of religious, traditional prayers. Oh, God, that you would be with us. Well, where else is he going to be? He inhabits the entire universe. <laughs> Paul revealed to us through his writings, inspired by the Holy Spirit, that we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, when I came in here and you came in here, you brought him with you. Yes or no? Yes. So, so why don't we walk in the confidence? You see, part of walking in authority and part of praying with authority is going to be the level and the magnitude that you are God-inside-minded. Let me say that again. You will walk in authority and you will pray with authority to the level of your awareness that you have God Almighty, his spirit living inside you. Would, do you think, that if we reminded ourselves of that continuously, do you think we would live different? Amen. Do you think we would walk different? Yes. Do you think we would handle challenges, attacks, adversity different? Yes. But you see, the enemy wants your mind cluttered. The enemy wants you to see yourself in a different light so that you won't walk in the authority that you've already been given. So what do we have authority over? We have authority over the enemy, just like Jesus had authority over the enemy. In fact, he's expecting us to do something about the enemy. Amen. Did you catch that? Yes. He is expecting you to do something about the enemy. He is expecting me to do something about the enemy. Now, I don't want to get off on this, but just, what was it, yesterday? That whole thing happened in Trenton, or was it Monday? Two days ago, Monday, Monday. Do you know how many people there were all over the state praying to God for, that, for something to happen? Yes. 
Why? So hold on a second. But who, who was, who was going to be able to speak on earth as it is in heaven? So we're praying to God, and God's saying, what are you praying to me for? I gave you authority. You speak. You bind those spirits that are influencing those politicians. You take hold of the atmosphere in that area, and you, by the power of the blood of Jesus, you use my name, and you tell those devils where to go. You listen to me? Well, well, didn't Jesus say to pray to the Father in his name? Yeah, when it pertains to things that the Father is going to do. But if Jesus, before he, oh, if Jesus, before he left this earth, said to the church, all the authority that I have, I've given to you, then what do you expect him to do when he's given you? So who needs to speak? You speak. You use that authority. You use the name of Jesus. But you see, the enemy has some of you convinced and hoodwinked, well, maybe you need Pastor Beth to pray for you because, you know, she's the one that teaches on prayer because you're just a weak little old person. And you go, yeah. I'm just a weak little old person. And the devil goes, got him. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Now, let, let's, let's listen to this scripture as if Jesus was here speaking to us, because he's talking to the disciples. How many disciples do I have in here? One, two. Man, some of you, you're so lazy. How many disciples do I have in here? Then he's talking to you. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Man, you just can't help it. You feel like your shoulders go up like this when you read this scripture. Jesus said, now watch, he hadn't even gone to the cross yet. He said, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I talked about this last week, about that Greek word exousia, that word of authority, that word of power. And that in John chapter 1, verse 12, it tells us that he gave us the authority to become born again, to be saved. We see in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said to the disciples, you're not equipped yet. If I could paraphrase a little bit. Well, you know, Pastor Joe, not everybody gets that gift from the Holy Spirit. No, not everybody gets that gift from the Holy Spirit because not everybody asks for it. Jesus made it very clear. If you read this in context. Now, he went to the cross, yes? Was buried, rose again, appeared to the disciples, hung around with them for 40 days teaching them. Remember, when he was still alive on the earth, before he went to the cross, he said, there's many things I need to teach you, but you're not able to receive them yet. So then he comes back, and then he spends 40 more days teaching them things that they could not receive beforehand. Why? Because you listen to a guy that just rose from the dead different than you listen to a person. Yes or no? Come on. So, so, so he's teaching them things. 
And this is one of the things he taught them because he wanted them to succeed. Jesus never gives you, never sets you up to fail. He always gives you the tools to succeed. So he said to them, now, now he taught them about authority. He demonstrated the authority in front of them. We're going to talk about that some more tonight. But he said to them before, just before he left, now I'm going to paraphrase it because some, too many times we allow, you know, wording that we're not familiar with to kind of like just give us an excuse not to pay attention. But basically, this is what he said. Don't leave this place where they were until you receive the promise of my father. Okay? He said, because there's one that's coming after me, just like me, but in a different form. John the Baptist said, that one's going to baptize you with fire. He's going to bring the fire of God. Amen? So he said, don't leave until you receive the power. Because in that power, you'll be able to be witnesses to me. You'll be able to give evidence that you've, you've seen my resurrection. Okay? Uh, so, so he said to them, now, now stay in Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of my father. And he said, don't go. And yet, for hundreds and hundreds of years, church has been teaching people, you just need to get born again. And that's it. That's all there is. The scriptures don't tell us that. Jesus told them, I've taught you about authority. I've given you my authority. But now I want to give you the power. And so stay until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Then you're ready to go to Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. There was a... Well, why am I going this way? I don't, there's a gentleman who passed away, went home to be with the Lord, I don't know, within the last five years, I believe. His name was T.L. Osborne. Did anybody ever heard of T.L. Osborne? I know you have. I know you have. Okay? T.L. Osborne had one of the most amazing miracle ministries known to church history. But when he and his wife first went out on the mission field, they went to India. They failed miserably. They failed miserably. They come back to the United States, which is in the 1940s, I believe, early 40s. They come back to the United States, and they hear about the ministry of a, of a gentleman named John G. Lake up in the Washington area, the northwest, I guess that is. And under that ministry, they came to know about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is what Acts chapter 1, verse 8 is talking about. They received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, went back out on the mission field, and made history. History. I mean, they were having multiple tens of thousands of people come to their meetings before Reinhard Bonnke and all these others that eventually saw millions in the ministry. What made the difference? They were born again. They knew the word. They could preach the word for hours. But the difference came when they did what Jesus said. Wait for the power from my Father. Now, let me put it this way, and, and I'll move on. The born-again experience, I want you to listen to me very closely and get this. 
The born-again experience prepares us for heaven. Can't go to heaven without being born again. Jesus said so. But watch this now. Some people don't go to heaven for 80 years after they get born again. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, according to Jesus, prepares you for earth. Are you catching this? Jesus told them, you're not equipped. Don't go out the doors. Don't leave this place. Why? Because you're going to mess things up. You catching this? Again, I want you to understand the dual purpose. The born-again experience prepares me to spend eternity with God. But I'm still on earth. And on earth, there's a job to do. And on earth, there's demons to wrestle with. And on earth, there's adversaries, there's challenges, there's circumstances that would seem to be beyond our control. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is necessary for here. Some people say, well, can I go to heaven without the baptism? Sure, you can go to heaven. But it's two different functions. But we don't need you in heaven right now. We need you here. And Jesus is depending on you being fully equipped with his word, with his blood, in the authority of what he purchased for us on the cross. And knowing that times get tough here, that we have enemies on this earth. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about in the spirit realm. He, he offers to equip us spiritually. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, gives you the power to walk in that authority here on this earth. If you have not received that yet, I pray that you press in. I pray that you would, you would really seek God in this situation. Go and read the scriptures. Go read the parts of the Bible that somebody told you not to read years ago. Because they might have told you that doesn't exist anymore. It very much exists. In fact, if there was ever a time that the church needed the baptism in the Holy Ghost, it's now. Because it seems like every demon in hell that used to be unemployed was sent back into, on the field in the past couple of years. Especially here in this country. Now, the subject we're talking about tonight is what, what do I have authority over or what am I author, authorized to do? What am I authorized to do? If I have authority from Jesus, what do I have authorized to do? I am authorized. I want you to listen to this. Oh, is it up there? Good. I am authorized to live out of who I am as a child of God, taking authority over the power of the enemy, while at the same time making God's power available to whoever needs it. Let's read it again. That's powerful, right? Hey, let's read it all together. Ready? One, two, three. I am authorized to live out of who I am as a child of God, taking authority over the power of the enemy, while at the same time making God's power available to whoever needs it. Man, does that make you see yourself a little bit different? That's who you are. This is not hype. This is the truth of the gospel. This is the truth of the word. This is the kind of truth that the enemy does not want you walking around entertaining. He wants you walking around like you're barely going to make it. He wants you walking around overwhelmed, but pastor, you don't know the problems of my life. 
Because as long as you see yourself as overwhelmed, you're not thinking about helping anybody else. You're not thinking about lifting a finger to help them. You're not thinking about putting your hands on somebody's head and pray for them that they be healed. You're not thinking about witnessing to somebody because you're so caught up in your own things. And if you don't break out of that and learn how sometimes you just got to do it, even if you feel terrible, you still got to just let God use you. You know something? Some of, the most, some of the most miraculous things I've seen happen in this ministry were during times when I didn't even want to get out of bed that morning. When I was, my body was racked with pain. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you want me to minister to the sick now? I need somebody to minister to me. You hear what I'm saying? That's what faith is. It takes faith to walk in authority. You have to have faith that Christ meant what he said. When he said, all authority has been given unto me, now you go. Now, let's talk about some other things about authority. You only got like 12 minutes left. I want to make it count. Authority is recognizable. I'm going to say it again. Authority is recognizable. You can see it. You can sense it. And guess what? If we can see it, with our human eyes, if we can perceive it in our humanity, guess what? The devil can perceive it too. And it has nothing to do with personality. It has nothing to do, well, that, that's an outward person. And so, you know, they, they, they kind of command uh, respect and command. No, no, it has nothing to do with personality because the anointing turns you into a different person. I've seen some of the most meek, mild, soft-spoken individuals operate in such authority that you know every devil within 50-mile radius just took off running. <laughs> they well, what, 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 are you trying to make this all about us? No, Jesus made it all about us. He said, I'm depending on you. I'm, I'm giving you my name. I'm giving you my, the power of my word. I'm giving you the authority to, to speak and enforce the blood that I shed at the cross so that you could get set free. You listening? Yeah. Authority is recognizable. Mark chapter 1, verse 21. Then they went into Capernaum, the city there in Galilee. And immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue, talking about Jesus, and taught. He did what? He taught. Just like I'm doing right now, right? He taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. They saw the difference between their religious leaders and between this guy who they claimed was a heretic, was a phony, was a blasphemer, but he had authority. He spoke, he taught with authority. He was genuine. He knew what he was saying was based on the truth because he is the truth. But they saw the difference between their religious leaders who was just using the rules and regulations to manipulate people. When they taught, they had no power. They had no authority. Because Jesus never sent anybody, God never sent anybody in this earth to establish a religion. 
He sent Jesus to raise us up. They were astonished at his teaching, for it taught them as one having authority. They recognized it, not as the scribes. Verse 23. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed with an impure, impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Verse 25. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. And the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this, a new teaching? And with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. And news, news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Jesus operated in the authority that was given to him because he was a, a son of God, the son of God, the son of God. He walked and that understanding and awareness of who he was. And the enemy tried to snuff that out of him. You remember in the wilderness, three times the enemy came with that suggestion, if you are, if you are. And the enemy will come to you. Oh, if you were really a Christian... You wouldn't act like this. You wouldn't think like this. You wouldn't talk like this. To get you, to undermine yourself so that you won't take any steps to step out in boldness and to see people get set free. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.